Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you happen to be listening to this, the latest episode of The Curated Culture, I am your gracious, humble host, Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel, and I want to welcome you guys back to another new episode. Now, if you're hearing this on the day that I posted it, you would know that it is a Wednesday, not a Monday like we usually post. Things got a little hectic around my way and I fell behind. And as such, you guys are getting your podcast episode a couple days late. But don't fret. This won't be the norm. We will be back next week at our regularly scheduled time on Monday with brand new, fresh, hot content. Today's show will also be brand new, fresh, hot content. But it's going to kind of be all over the place, man. Like, I decided not to write a script, not to research any subjects. I plugged in my microphone, I turned on my MacBook, and I hit record. So we're about to wing it, man. Y'all are just about to get what's on my mind currently, right now, present moment. And I hope that you enjoy it. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, as always little bit of business to take care of. And that business, of course, is making sure that you're subscribed to this show. So, however, you're hearing the sound of my silky smooth, velvety voice. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode on whatever day we happen to upload, which typically is on Monday. So, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon or Samsung podcast or wherever you get your podcast make sure that you subscribe show your support for the show and if your podcast destination of choice gives you an option please be sure to leave us a five-star rating or review that helps us in the algorithms it gets us in front of more eyes and into more ears and it helps me further my plot for world domination If you're a social media person, then definitely don't hesitate to follow us over on social media via at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. You can also follow me personally via at Robbie Diesel on the tweets, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, on the TikToks, all over the place. I am there now. I think that that's out of the way. We can get into the show. So the last few weeks has been absolute chaos for me. I have consistently gone to San Diego Comic Con with the exception of the year it was canceled for COVID like, I don't know, the last five, six years, something like that. And this year is the first year that my trip to Comic-Con might actually be in peril. So for those of you who don't know, going to Comic-Con is always a pain in the ass, especially if you have to like buy passes or badges. You know, sometimes you get the full stay, which is like five days. Wednesday is preview night. That's where you can go in, check out the show, uh, check out the floor, the whole shop before everything is up and rolling. The con officially starts and runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Before all of that happens, there is an event called Hotel Apocalypse. Hotel Apocalypse is essentially a lottery that determines whether or not you get placed into a hotel room in or around the San Diego Convention Center, which is where San Diego Comic Con is held. This year, your boy did not get a placement at all. Currently homeless. Nowhere to go. I have looked into hotels and trying to book a room is becoming rather fruitless at the moment because the rooms that are available are available at a staggering nightly price. Like the rooms are already expensive as hell to get into, you know, but I looked at the hotel like right up the road from the convention center and as of recording this could change in the next five minutes literally but as of recording there were a couple of rooms left in that hotel for a paltry fifteen hundred dollars a night fifteen hundo per night five nights will cost you Pretty much after taxes and fees, eight G's. Your boy can't swing that. (laughs) Even if I tried, even if I wanted to, eight G's is like, I'm, I'm not rolling like that. Not yet. Not until y'all start pumping more five star ratings and reviews and uh, sharing the show. I am not built that way. I can't afford eight G's for five nights stay. Not yet. At least that's, that's the goals. Hashtag life goals. So my other option would be to try to trust in an Airbnb or a Verbo. And I I hate to really sound picky. I hate to sound snobby or snooty or anything like that. But most of those, the, the Airbnbs and the Verbos are like wildly inconvenient, right? They're so far away from the convention center that it it might end up being even more inconvenient to go at one of those so here i am stuck splitting hairs trying to figure out how i'm going to make san diego comic con happen can i make san diego comic con happen do i want to make san diego comic con happen Yeah, I mean, who am I kidding? The answer to the last question is absolutely. Hell yes. I want to make San Diego Comic Con happen. Like, I would be a fool not to. Why? Specifically because I I have been blessed. I have been privileged enough through the merits of of my hard work and uh, semi-consistency that I have been awarded uh, press passes. So the missus and I will usually use those press passes to go to experience everything that San Diego Comic-Con has to offer, which means our badges are paid for, free and clear. We can attend. We just got to get there. Now, why is San Diego Comic-Con important? Because for the last five or six or six or seven years, however long it's been, that has been a major content getter for the site, for the podcast. Last year, our listenership spiked by tens of thousands of listeners 
thanks to the coverage from our Comic-Con, or, or I'm sorry, thanks to the coverage of San Diego Comic-Con. Now, is that going to happen every year? Probably not, but it probably could. There's so many different exclusive things there. There's so many exclusive events to attend. It is like a content goldmine. And for a content creator, these are the things that you drool over. Regardless of the fact of how many times you've been there in the past, every show is different. And so here I am, homeless, directionless, not even knowing if I will be able to attend San Diego Comic-Con. I would 100% love to, and I have not given up hope just yet. Um, there's still there's still a chance. There's still a small chance, but that window closes with each hour that passes. And while it wouldn't be the end of the world if I had to skip out this year, it would be a super big bummer. I hate watching streaks end. On the flip side, I do have Motor City Comic Con coming up in about two weeks. That's going to be at the Suburban Showcase in Novi, Novi, Michigan. Uh, May 19th, 20th, 21st, I believe, are the dates. So if you're in the area, please swing by. Check the show out. If you see me out and about, say what's up. I'll be sure to give you the stiffest of high fives. But I'm very much looking forward to that show also. I love local shows, for one. I'm not really a ton uh to coordinate in terms of travel like I'm close enough to that convention center to where it would be possible for me to drive to and from each and every day is it convenient no not really but not as big a deal as San Diego right I'm very much looking forward to this year's Motor City Comic Con because there are a ton of anime voice talent there. There's a ton of actor and media talent there. And Motor City, honestly, is is where I generally get a ton of interviews at. I love going to that con. It's I believe it's the biggest in Michigan, held over a three-day period. And it's just always good. The energy is always there. The, the vibes are always good. It's a great Comic-Con. Although, to be fair, sometimes it is not so great to me. I have gotten deathly ill twice now at Motor City Comic-Con. And I don't know what from. I don't know. We have this, uh, the wife and I refer to it as con crud. There's always, you know, a 70-30 chance that you're going to come down with something. But, man, the last couple of times that I've gone, I have gotten so insanely sick. And I'm hoping this is one streak that I am okay (laughs) with breaking. Like, if I can go to Motor City and come back not sick, that would be the dopest thing. But I'm super excited for it, man. Even with the, the risk of illness the possibility of of near death, like I am super thrilled for it. Last I checked, there's going to be talent from My Hero Academia there. There's going to be talent from uh, Demon Slayer. Um, There's usually always wrestlers there. And as you guys know, I am huge, huge wrestling nut. Like the list is pretty big. I mean, just to name a few, Clark Gregg from Marvel is going to be there. Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, Will Poulter, who's playing... um, uh, Adam Warlock in uh, in the next uh, Guardians movie is going to be there. Zach Aguilar, who voices uh, Tanjiro, 
Stephen Amell, Steve Cardenas, the Red Ranger. This is just a, a couple of the folks that are going to be there. I'm super excited. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to uh, bringing some content, some fresh, exciting content to you guys. Uh, I know that Comic-Con isn't for everybody, but I promise you, if you get the chance to go, take it. You will not regret it. There's usually always something there for somebody, and the experience that you get to create, even if you only attend one day, is usually something that you'll be talking about for the months and months after. So here's another thing that I have on my mind. I recently watched uh, a, a world-renowned leaker, a gentleman named Evan Blass, or Blas, not sure how to pronounce it. If you hear this, please tweet me and correct me. Uh, world-renowned leaker dropped tons of photos, production-quality photos of the upcoming Pixel Fold. So Google has been working on a foldable device, and it's been rumored to drop for like the last two years. And for the last two years at Google's I.O. conference, which is like their annual developers conference, kind of like Apple and WWDC, uh, Google I.O. has come and gone for the last two years with nary a whisper about the Pixel Fold. Well, it looks like this year. In about a week, we're going to finally have, hopefully, I'm going to say hopefully, since it's been leaked, uh, we're going to finally have our first looks at it. And gosh, if if I'm going to be honest, it, which I, I am, I, I always, always, always am, initially, I have to wait, I have to hold my, my full condemnation for after the pixel event but initially i am vv underwhelmed at this device my underwhelmedness if that's a word <laughs> simply comes on the the fact that the phone itself looks like it does not much to progress foldable devices now i have not been shy about mentioning my general hesitation towards getting new phones now because I feel like the world of smartphones has started to hit a point of stagnation like nobody's really doing anything different or innovative anymore it's all little incremental updates and upgrades to existing tech and hardware that we've seen before and in a field like like foldables specifically I feel like there's there's a ton that you could do with them but maybe companies, manufacturers are just playing it safe because of the fact that these devices are generally two times the cost of a standard flagship smartphone. Take, for example, Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold. I believe the price, the, the entry level price, the starting price on that guy is generally like eighteen and $1,900. It's a very expensive device. For $1,900, you could get the most fully loaded iPhone 14 Pro Max accessories and still have room to spend. But on these foldables, because of the design, because of the multiple screens, you're going to pay to purchase these devices. Like, there's no way around that. 
But for that price, considering that foldables have been a thing for at least four years now, five years, I would expect to start seeing a bit more innovation behind them. I get it. You know, maybe, just maybe, you have to develop it slower because you don't want to damage or or run the risk of putting out faulty product or, you know, have a PR nightmare because your phone starts to melt down while people are using it, as Samsung has experienced before with their Galaxy Note 8. Go back, look it up. The launch of that phone was a disaster. I actually had an, an explodey, potentially explodey Note 8 with me reviewing it. Uh, in Alabama, I traveled to Alabama for my grandmother's funeral. And <laughs> I got like, for the first time ever, I got a call from a Samsung rep like, hey, uh, we're experiencing some pretty severe battery charging issues with the phone. Don't use it. Power it off. Do not use it. And of course, I had to pick and pry. And finally, I got the person to admit that phones, certain phones were physically exploding. And that it would not be a good scenario if I did that. So I took their advice. I tucked the Note 8 away and I didn't use it. I sent it back after I got back home. But I say that to say I understand why you would want to be cautious when it comes to rolling out new features and things like that. I get I get that part. But on the flip side, with as much money as you make on these devices, and which as much money as you spend on research and development for these devices, I still feel like the envelope of design and functionality could be pushed a bit more. Now, again, that's just one man's opinion on the outside looking in. But I feel like we could push these designs a bit more. The one cool thing that I see coming from the Pixel Fold, potentially, is the fact that the design itself is nearly gapless. And why that's a big deal is because with any device that has a hinge that folds, you want there to be as little gaps as possible. Because that's going to prevent dirt and dust and water and anything else from getting inside of your device through the hinge or any other, you know, crease or crevice where the phone has to open. So the Pixel Fold looks like it is it is sealed pretty tight in that regard. And I would like to see more foldables employ that. I would also like to see more foldables get rid of that damn crease in the middle. I get it. It might be a long-term issue because of the fact that the device folds, but my God, after a while, after a, a, a time of using a foldable device, like that little ridge that the crease in the hinge creates, boof, drives me crazy. I would also like to maybe see higher-end cameras in these. So far, most of the foldable devices, they have great cameras, don't get me wrong. But those great cameras are usually a step down from what they're putting inside of their actual flagship, flagship phones. And I just, I, I have to admit, again, if I'm going to spend $1,800, $1,900 on a device, yeah, maybe I do want to have the best of the best. Maybe I don't want you to skimp on features or hardware capability for that matter. 
And I know some of you may be thinking like, okay, Rob, you just complained about the price a little while ago. But again, if you're going to pay that top dollar price for a phone, I want it to be fully loaded. Again, if I'm going to buy an iPhone 14 Pro Max right now, fully kitted out, max out this to give me a terabyte of storage. No, it doesn't fold, but it has an industry leading video camera. The whole Apple suite of products, editing, video and audio, everything that that phone can do. I can buy whatever accessories I need for it and still not touch $1,800. So as these foldables release and as the ability to produce them becomes easier, I would like to see more higher end hardware put into these devices. And if not, I would like to see the price drop a little bit. I get that we would have to pay higher prices on, you know, a first or even a second gen device. I paid 350 bucks for the first gen Pixel watch, and it is not anywhere near as good or as complete as some of the Galaxy watches. But that's the early adopter tax that you pay. Now, the second gen Pixel watch, if it clocks in at 350 and is not a substantial upgrade over the initial, the, the, the intro Pixel watch, I would expect people not to buy it. Just like I would expect people when this Pixel Fold drops to approach it with a little more skepticism. Because although Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold is a really expensive device, it's also really good. And regardless of the fact that this being Pixel's Google's first Pixel Fold, they have had four to five years of foldable devices to learn from. So when this phone drops, if this phone drops at Google I.O., I'm expecting to see something absolutely game-changing. Now, I know on the design front, that's not going to happen. I've already seen what it's going to look like thanks to the leaks. But nobody knows specifics in regards to the hardware or the software that this phone is going to employ. And that is usually where Google succeeds the most. Google has gotten really good at creating decent hardware powered by stellar software. So come May 10th, which is when Google I.O. happens, I am hoping that the Pixel Fold is, is what pushes the Pixel brand into the next stratosphere. I'm a fan of the Pixel series, but if there is continued stagnation, honestly, I may have to consider moving back to a Galaxy, or dare I say, even worse, back to an iPhone. All right, kiddos, last topic of the day. I don't know how many of you subscribe to it or watch any shows on it, but I have to say, man, Apple TV Plus has been killing it lately. Like initially, Netflix was the king of streaming services. They had a ton of series and shows, movies that would come out that would just crush it each and every time. Squid Game had the world in a chokehold through most of the pandemic. 
That was a Netflix exclusive. Hulu combines content from all of your favorite networks into one umbrella, one family. That's that Disney money. Then Apple comes out of nowhere and just drops banger after banger after banger. And I implore you, if you are not watching shows on Apple TV Plus, shame on you. There are some really good, high quality shows on there. And so my thoughts, my closing thoughts in the podcast is can Apple become the new king of stream at the Oscars last year at the last Oscars? There was a film that won Best Motion Picture, and it was an Apple TV movie. Came from Apple. First time ever a non-big studio movie won Motion Picture of the Year at the Academy Awards. That's a big deal. That's a game changer. Several Apple TV Plus shows have been nominated. For Golden Globes and Emmys, Apple is on a really impressive run right now. So whether it be shows like The Morning Show or C or my personal favorite, Severance, Ted Lasso. I just started a new show with um, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford called Shrinking. That one's pretty good. It's like Apple TV is on a hell of a run, man. And I will, I honestly, I like the fact that there's this great content coming from one place. Because what that tends to do is it creates competition in the market. And the one thing that Netflix has not had, or even Hulu for that matter, has been really good, stellar competition. Now, I would be remiss to mention all of that, everything that I just said, the Oscar awards, the Emmy nominations, the Golden Globe nominations, without also mentioning that Apple TV, I don't know what y'all are paying for it. I might have the cousin price. But my Apple TV is five bucks a month. And Netflix just recently jumped up to about 21 i think 21 22 bucks might even be up to 25 hulu if you decide that you want to pay for live tv is up to 75 dollars a month so not only is apple getting it done and churning out really good high quality content but they're also doing it at an insanely affordable price And no, this is not an ad. This is not an advertisement for Apple TV, although it can be. Tim Cook, cut me the check. I need eight G's to get to San Diego. (laughs) This is not an advertisement. This is just me being a consumer, calling it like I see it. I love the shows. I love the movies that Apple TV is, is, is bringing, placing in front of me. And dare I say, they're doing it at a faster clip and at a higher quality than Netflix perhaps ever has. With bigger names, the talent roster that Apple has access to, my God. 
So as we steamroll towards the close of this show, ponder that question. Can Apple be the new king or queen of stream? Let me know what your answer is. Tweet at me, at Robbie Diesel. I'm going to throw this up on the uh, Curated Culture Instagram as well. So let us know what you think, man. Let us know your opinion. In the meanwhile, thank you guys so very much for sitting and chilling with me while I spew the randomness off the top of my dome. Thank you for downloading or subscribing to or streaming this episode. Make sure, if you have not subscribed, that you do so. Hit that subscribe icon. Let us know it's real. If your podcast delivery service of choice gives you the option to leave us a five-star rating or review, please, please do that. That, again, helps us out in the algorithm, gets us in front of more eyes and into more ears. That's exactly what we want to happen. I appreciate you guys for spending a little bit of time with me. I will see y'all again at our regularly scheduled time next Monday. I appreciate y'all, man. Take it easy. Peace.